Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. We want to welcome you back to the next edition of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. I'm Chris Bay, joined by the founder of Life Success and Legacy, Mike Everett and also key role player within our team, technical director, Michael Crawford. Hey, Mike, technical, how's it going? Technical director, I love that. Yeah, we just <laughs> ask people, what do you want to be called? And people come up with their own titles here. <laughs> That's why Mike Everett, we call him the king. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you can just call me the king. I'm good with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing? We haven't recorded one of these in a little while. We, yeah, been a minute. Uh, been a minute, yeah. I got to spend some time in uh, Colorado with my wife, which was fantastic. Got to see uh, some of the Aspens turning golden, which was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we have since moved as well. So I'm, I haven't even got stuff moved into my office yet. I got an empty <laughs> book, bookcase and nothing on the walls. And oh. if you looked out here, you'd see all the cardboard boxes waiting for me to pack them. So well, we don't we don't want our listeners to know that we missed you. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Things just keep purring along. Oh. I am sporting for the, for the we we probably need to notify people around the world oh, who aren't paying attention. I'm sporting my Kansas Jayhawks, which we typically don't get to do in Pride during football season. Somebody want to update the world on what's going on with the Jayhawks? Five and zero, oh, baby. I'm going to tell you, it's been since 09. Yeah. <laughs> we are now fully ranked. Who? What was it? 17, 19 or something yeah. like that. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, for us to be ranked in the top 20, it, it, you would think that Jesus is coming back maybe this week. For, for, <laughs> us, for us to not be ranked in the bottom 300s. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just ridiculous. I think the best season we've had in the last... 12 years is three wins mm -hmm. and two of those wins were our you know our preseason stuff that the, uh, division you know, four the, teams yeah i was gonna say division two but Whatever. let's go division four yeah <laughs> it was a flag football game yeah it was <laughs> one of our clients uh who actually works at the university on a whim he and his dad got um tickets season tickets and they're like in in row 14 at the 45 yard line but they bought this before the season and you yeah. know it's easy to get tickets <laughs> <laughs> booth uh and now they're like yeah we're loving this year but we won't be able to afford them next year we're sure of it yeah oh yeah <laughs> all oh, the yeah. ticket prices will go up last yeah. two home games been sold out and it's been forever and a day since that's happened yeah yep. yeah so well we want to um we want to jump in today and give our listeners a little bit of insight into what happens on mondays um which is our strategy design day and our entire team comes together so it's the three of us plus mike kwong and shelly forbus and we go through an agenda of um, potential new clients who are asking for a strategy to be designed for them and then also existing clients who are asking for an update uh, yep. to their strategy. And um, so what we thought we'd do is just kind of give the listeners <laughs> a, a view into how this happens. Now, we're not going to share um, our software screen or anything like that. Um, obviously, we want to honor people's privacy with their information and all that. But we will kind of talk through our process and what we think about. So just as a reminder, we focus a lot on education at Life Success and Legacy. And so that includes things like um, reading Nelson's book and or other IBC books, um, but we always lean on on becoming mm -hmm. your own banker as, as a as a place to definitely start. We talk about doing the the Monday night webinars that typically Mike Everett is is hosting those. We talk about doing a boot camp, which we have one uh, this Saturday, um, which is a roughly two and a half three hour deep dive into uh, IBC. And in fact, during the boot camp, we do show an example with our software of what we're going to talk through today. Mm -hmm. um, so all these education pieces happen up front. Okay. Th then we do a consult, a consultation, which is typically maybe 30 minutes or so with the person. And they can get to know us to see if we're a good fit for them. And 
it allows us to kind of understand a baseline of their knowledge. What work have they done so far? So we know where to start our education with them, right? Um, we also, um, during that consultation, hopefully we have sent the link to the, well, we've sent the link to our software ahead of time. Hopefully they have filled out the information and we can walk through with them during that consultation to make sure that we understand exactly what the data is that they've provided, right? Yep, yep. Then what we do is a dream conversation. Several of our team members do dream conversations. And what that allows us to do is really understand what, it, what are the goals of the client, okay? And we'll talk about what that, what that looks like here in, a, in an example. Once we've done the dream conversation and we've clarified the data that they've submitted to our software, Inspiring Hope and Freedom is the name of the software, we then uh, list those folks on our Monday agenda and we meet to design their strategy. Mm -hmm. Anything I'm missing, guys, that you would want to add to that whole buildup to before we actually design a strategy? Not at all. Not at all. I think the key to this, obviously, is reading the book, but the, the phone consult where we get an opportunity to know somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a 15 to 30 minute conversation. Sometimes it turns into an hour, depending yeah. on, you know, their level of education, what they have done their deep dive into IBC. And, and uh, you know, cause I know we've all run into somebody who's actually done some serious, you know, precursor information where they have gathered up, they've listened to podcasts of other, of other IBC guys. They've, uh, They've read all of Nelson's books. And so it that, that's always kind of a fun and interesting conversation. But yet in that consult, and you mentioned this, we really want to know them and they want to know us. Yeah. Or that or chances are we're not moving forward. Right. I just in the last uh couple of weeks, I did a consult with one gentleman and um and probably the first 15 minutes of the consultation was me listening to him tell me how great IBC was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did one um, just earlier this week with actually a young man, uh, newly married uh, from Canada and we can't do business in Canada, but, right. but he had been listening to our podcast and he had questions and so, you know, I spent time talking with him, talking through our process, exactly what we're going to do today, right? I yep. He shared with me some of his information, their goals. And I said, mm -hmm. well, here's how we would kind of approach it. And have you researched any, any IBC coaches in Canada? And he listed off two. I added a third that he could, you know, interview and see who's a good match for him. Yeah, so that's good. I agree. I, I love consultations, getting to know people, yes. find out what research they've done, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. So, so once we've kind of gathered all that information, we've agreed that they like us, we like them. We're going to, we're going to hold hands and move forward in this process. Right. <laughs> we then come to Mondays, which is our strategy design days. And, um, Mike Crawford, I'll bring you into it here a little bit. Um, as we're getting ready to, to dive into a, uh, a strategy, what are the things from your perspective? Because we all bring different skill sets, right? Yeah. Different mindsets. You're more analytical when it comes to this part. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for when we when we dive into a strategy? Well, usually when we start off, you're you or Shelly or um, sometimes Mr. Mike Kwong will um, give us the backstory of the client. Um, i.e. a summarized version of the dream conversation. And that gives all of us an opportunity to hear um, a snippet of what those conversations, how they unfolded with the client. And um, usually it's during that time that while, while we're doing that conversation, I'm usually driving the bus from a screen share perspective and we're kind of clicking around, talking through each of the categories, you know, the assets, the, the mortgages, the car loans, the business loans, student loans, all the, all the things. And we're looking at existing life insurance. We're sort of, you know, we're taking the, the conversation from the dream conversation and the data from the software. And we're trying to like mesh that together during that initial part of the conversation. While that's occurring, my brain is kind of 
you know, shifting to a thing that, you know, we talk a lot about in our boot camps, which is the idea of an activator. Mm-hmm. And Mike Everett says this all the time. We all have a pool. The only difference is that the size of our pool might be different between us, but we all have one and our job is to uncover it. And so I feel like at that point is when we all, and you know, maybe me because I'm driving a lot, but like, we're looking for that pool, you know, we're trying to find, uh, you know, it's like a scavenger hunt. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like, we're on the hunt scavenging for, um, you know, these, these things and, you know, surprising number of clients, uh, you know, I would guess well over 80%. Um, and I haven't done the math, but I, I would guess well over 80%, you know, overpayments, cash sitting around that has been under the mattress or, you know, fill in the blank. Contributions yeah. to, uh, you know, a 401k or an IRA or a mutual fund. Exactly. I mean, all kinds over, of overpayments there. on overpayments. credit cards. Yep. All uh, these pay, things. Payments you know, on and a then, student loan that, that they're not even requesting payments on currently. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And we're looking at all that and it's sort of the, you know, if you remember that, I think it was the movie, A Beautiful Mind, where like all the lights start flickering and like you yeah. kind of like hone in on these numbers and these numbers. And it's almost as if our eyes all are attracted. Okay, this, and we'd like bring it all together, you know, yeah. and, you know, I don't want to say we whip anything out, but I'll tell you, we're pretty efficient and we can get, we can get to a rough idea within five to 10 minutes on most clients. And mm-hmm. that's not the fine tuning, but that is just sort of us throwing a spaghetti on the wall to see what'll stick. And then as a team discussing pros, cons, you know, what are we missing? You know, that's mm-hmm. a question we always look at too, is like, you know, you, this plan looks good, but are we missing something? Are we, are we not accounting for um, upcoming payment that they're going to have to start making because of XYZ? Are we, you know, are we not accounting for the fact that maybe they're, um, maybe the rest of their family doesn't have any life insurance coverage? So do we need to add some um, additional term policies or convertible terms that we can use for IBC down the road? You know, so the conversation like kind of ramps up really quick. And then we, then we start to dissect our own conversation <laughs> internally. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw something out for the listeners. You know, uh, once most of our clients have plugged in their information, I'm going to say 90% of our, our, our clients who plug their information into IHF is correct. We do get stumped sometimes when we're walking through some of the different assets or uh-huh. some of the different debts that they've got out there. And we're wondering, is this the real number? Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it be the balance, whether it be the actual payment due or whether yep. it be the overpayment or even the interest rate. So mm-hmm. if if somebody is listening right now, the more detail that we can get in mm-hmm. somebody's financial picture, the better strategy we can design. Yeah, I agree. You know, the I always say the software is dumb. Like it only knows what to do with what it's been given. Right. (laughs) Right. And so the, the beauty of the software is what we can do with it. The detriment to the software is we aren't in control until we have the received the information. And, Mm -hmm. and that's just, that's part of our process though. You know, Chris talked about that in his intro is that in many cases, we hope that by the time we've gotten to a dream conversation, the numbers have been entered so we could have already reviewed them and then maybe have a clarifying question or two during that conversation that helps A, direct that conversation's path, but also B, sets us up for success on Mondays. Yeah, exactly. So let's kind of, um, we mentioned mm-hmm. one as an example off off air mm-hmm. um, that we could kind of look at. And that we've worked on recently. And and I'm reminded that in, in this case, the family, first of all, they weren't, when I asked the question, are you interested in paying off your mortgage or are you more interested in passive income? They had not had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that it, what it did is it prompted them to go back and yeah. have some conversations. They had talked about getting a rental property because one of them had some experience in property management and that made mm-hmm. a lot of sense to them. It's in their wheelhouse. Um, but it, it really prompted a conversation about, okay, what's going to be most beneficial towards our goals, either paying off the house or instead of, you know, the software attacking that mortgage, 
um, we start building the cash value for the use of building mm -hmm. passive income in the future. They, they also had shared they needed to a replacement pickup truck yeah. basically immediately. And so Crawford, I'll come back to you and mm -hmm. we can talk about how we do those future purchases and things like that, that we take into account. The other thing that they shared is they had already applied for a home equity line of credit and had been approved for X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they were originally going to just consolidate debt. Yep. But they pushed the pause button to see what we would come up with. Mm -hmm. Right. So those are some of the variables. You know, these folks, um, clearly I mentioned this, they've got a mortgage, they've got a home equity line of credit. They they were contributing to 401ks. Um, they had some savings. They had a current vehicle uh, debt <laughs> and then this new one, a new purchase, mm -hmm. um, one relatively small credit card, a 401k loan that they had taken, and then this HELOC that they had. And then in our software, there's also a comments section. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so now we've kind of laid the, the groundwork here. We're looking for those those activators, those inputs, whether it's mm -hmm. lump sum or whether it is a monthly cash flow. Yep. Okay. So you guys talk about that piece and what we, we discuss and think about. I'm going to jump in there because one of the things that you talked about was the contribution to the 401k. And, you know, as we're teaching IBC, I would say at least half of our clients ask us right away, should I continue to contribute to my 401k? And every single time we put it right back on them Absolutely. and say, what do you think? And, you know, some of them are contributing anywhere from 200 up to a thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Well, we call that cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> and when they all of a sudden they realize that they can plug this into their IBC system and then have access to it again and again, then all of a sudden it's just like Crawford talked about this. The lights start to flicker for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just it's our job to go over and hit the rheostats and kind of push them up and let them see the possibilities. Yeah. And we just we just educate them. We're not telling them what to do with their money. No, we no. tell them up front. We will not tell you what to do with your money. We will design a plan and we'll educate you about your options based on your goals. So 401k, if you want to contribute to your 401k, you go for it. Yeah. If you're going to do that, here are the things that you need to understand the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, with the software, we can actually show you what's possible if you choose not to contribute to your 401k <clears throat> and direct it towards your IBC plan. Yeah. Right. Especially if especially if they have um, debt that they can turn the wind, the the um, wind current on. Oh, and huge. again, we know that, you know, Average America is losing 34.5% after-tax dollars to yep. the to the interest on their debt. Well, is there yep. any 401k that's giving you 34.5% return? I don't believe so. No. So that's why <laughs> we attack the debt first yeah. and, and delay that buildup towards passive income. That out. right there is the beautiful mind of Nelson Nash. Yes. yes. <clears throat> and what he discovered. You know, there was a, a whole lot of investigation and a whole lot of... Uh, him doing his own due diligence mm -hmm. and figuring out why IBC, why dividend paying whole life mm -hmm. insurance. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And, I, and you know, the only thing I would add to that is, you know, most of the time, the reason anybody's doing the other things they're doing, I don't care what it is, 401ks, under the mattress, um, you know, um, mutual yeah. funds, is because that's what they were taught. That's all they know. And that's it. We are, as an educational organization, we are just trying to shine light on the little known truths about money, those things that Nelson uncovered, those things that have been there since the beginning, but we never really knew how to take advantage of. And mm -hmm. again, that's why the power of the software is so beneficial for us is that we can, in a relatively quick period of time, develop these strategies for clients and then both Chris and Mike, you guys talk about this all the time. We're going to show you the strategy. Either A, we got it right. B, we missed the mark. Or C, you think <laughs> we're silly and you're going to walk away. And yeah. that's okay. Any one yeah. of those options is just fine. 
That's right. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, so let's talk about those activators or inputs, right? And, and Crawford, you can kind of give some examples. We're looking for either lump sum dollars mm -hmm. that's sitting someplace. In this case, they had um, some savings. They've got um, access to home equity line of credit, mm -hmm. cash, those kinds of things. And we're also looking for monthly cash flow. I mean, yeah. this is all part of ours. So what are some of those mm -hmm. examples that we, we run across? Um, for, for lump sums, you know, it's the, uh, I, I will say it's the usual suspects. It's again, savings, HELOC, 401ks, um, you know, uh, other retirement accounts that, you know, are left over from leaving a previous job that haven't been rolled into another account or whatever. Um, you know, we, uh, cash value insurance, old policy, exactly. Other life insurance policies, you know, I mean, there's a, mm -hmm. there are a, a plethora of different ways in which we can kind of unearth some dollars as long as the information and the software has been input fully, you know, yeah. right? Like I said, yeah. um, the monthly amounts of those things, most of the time, I would guess uh, 80 to 92%, and I'm throwing out random numbers, of our clients are overpaying on credit cards right yeah. off the bat. Yep. That, and yep. it could be as little as a $10 overpayment. It could be as much as two or $300 a month of overpayment. Sometimes it's a thousand if they've got a half a if dozen. It's a big cards. dollar. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, one of the things like, <laughs> and we, we, deal with this too mentally um, as, as agents and as people who do this, this is our job. Right. It looks like that's a smart thing to do, right? It, oh man, that balance is going to just trickle down so much quicker. I don't have yep. this interest that I'm paying out the door. But then we realized, you know, when we stop and put the brakes on for a second and look at it, that we've lost access to that dollar forever. Right. When we send that. But let's, but let's just tell these folks, we're guilty of these things too. That, yeah. That, I'll give yeah. personal example. <laughs> I, we built up we built up a credit card balance over the last couple of months because we moved mm -hmm. and we went on vacation. Yeah. Right. Intentionally, we did that to get points and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But we loaded up the credit card. Yep. I want to pay that thing off today. <laughs> However, <laughs> I know I have a premium coming up in yep. November. Yep. Now, as my coach, what would you guys tell me to do? I've, I've got the money to pay off the credit card now, yep. but I also have a premium coming up in November. What would you guys coach me to do? I'm going to tell you, we would take those dollars that you're normally going to send over here out the door to pay off that credit card. But what we're going to do is we're going to slide them through your system. Yep. We're going to pay some premiums. We're going to allow the policy to grow. Grow. And really, depending on, it really doesn't even matter if it's year one, two, three, or 10. 15, right. They, yeah, they, this thing is going to grow. And then what you do is literally, you would take a policy loan against the policy. Wait, have we already used the dollar one time? Yes. Hmm, is the premium paid? Yeah. Yes. Did the growth happen? Yes. We take that policy Cash loan. Cash value and death benefit grew. Yep. Come on. And then all of a sudden, we go over here and we pay off Visa that we have just rung up. Yep. Now, here's the thing. If, if anybody is paying attention, this is an educational moment. It is. Were you going to have to make $100, $200, $500 a month payments to Visa? Yes. But we just paid it off. Should we take that? whatever that number is and replenish or repay the policy loan that we just took. Yes. Well, absolutely. And that's, that's the beauty and the flexibility is I think a lot of people get hung up on that concept right there, right? If we they just do. did a hard stop right there is yes, I understand that I was going to, I'm going to use a hundred dollars. I was going to have to pay a hundred dollars to visa for X number of months, whatever that is in order to pay <laughs> that off. Assuming I didn't add any more debt to that credit card. Right. What I always try to help people understand is that, look, you were going to make that payment anyway. So take That's the, right. I'm going to use a $10,000 debt that you had on that credit card. And let's say your payment was $100 a month. So we're going to take $10,000, we're going to divide it by $100, and you're going to make a $100 payment for that long at minimum. That's what it would have cost you to borrow the money from the credit card, right? So for the, for the time that it took you to pay that debt off, that's how long you're going to pay that credit card. However, 
when people start to realize the power of that dollar that's going back in, when do you want that to stop? Never. So and, when you and get by a the little way, this bit, this is a great place to talk about economic value added. Yes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, most of the people who have done a, a webinar understand that really economic value added is just adding value to the dollars. So yep. if the hundred dollar is creating you know, a, mm -hmm. a sustainable number and an access to additional dollars. Would you want to add money to it? If it's feasible, Just, then always. Yeah. Everybody yeah. got an extra 500 well, bucks. And that's the thing <laughs> like too, is we, we get a lot of those questions at boot camps, you know, and as we've reviewed different things and I've looked back over questions over the past two years from boot camps, one of the questions we get most often is, how do you set up the amortization tables? And I always think it's funny because each time we talk about this from our personal perspectives, and I think the only person that in our team that has ever done that was Chris Garretts that, that used to set them up. Mike Everett, Chris Bay, Mike Crawford, and I can't speak for Kwong or, or Shelly Forbes, but I will tell you the three of us on this screen right here, we don't care about amortization tables because we know the yeah. value of sending every available dollar back to our system, regardless of what we said we should have owed back. Yep. With an asterisk, unless it is a personal loan to a business. Right. Exactly. If, if yes. I am loaning to my business, then yes, we do need to amortize and, yeah. and have all that you need the paper trail. For CPAs. You but, if, paper but if it's trail. just a personal loan to ourselves, yes. we don't track that stuff. We just send as much as we can every month. and still live life yes. every month back to our policy. It, it just uh, to dovetail along with that, I just had one of my clients take a, a fairly large loan. Mm -hmm. It was over $30,000 mm -hmm. to buy a piece of equipment for his business. He immediately texted me back and said, hey, along with that, can I get an amortization mm -hmm. and a, a loan document? It took me about seven and a half minutes to do this whole thing. Mm -hmm. But yet now all of a sudden we've provided for him, our client, our friend, yep. the documentation that his CPA needs in order to make this all work together. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, so in this strategy, we have access to lump sums. Mike yep. uh, Crawford, you gave some examples yep. of what those might be. We also then, um, you guys talked a little bit about what are those month-to-month -month type pieces. Yep. Mike Everett, let's just say somebody has access to $50,000 from some yep. source, okay? And they've got some smaller debts that we can turn the wind current on. What's the likelihood that all fifty thousand dollars is going to go through a premium in the Zero. strategies? We Zero. Design? Zero. Absolutely. Why Absolutely. is that? No chance at no. all. Yeah. So that's we get this at boot camps. You know, hey, well, I want to put all of these dollars. So yep. I, we have to pull people off the ledge sometimes because they're thinking this is the way to get this thing done. But yet we look at all of these little debts that are going to free up maybe anywhere from 200 to a thousand dollars a month because right. if we were able to create a system we've got a husband wife kids where we want to do a, a policy on the husband a policy on the wife maybe small ones on the kids mm -hmm. that may be 20 dollars let's call it 25 and then they've got this twenty five thousand dollars over here on the on the shelf but they have fifteen $15,000 worth of debts in credit cards or cars or yeah. whatever it is. But that $15,000 worth of debts frees up $700, $800 a month. Yeah. That all of a sudden, if you look at how we're trying to do this, it, it frees up enough money to where we can begin to build back internally the premium dollars that they're going to have to pay for the second year. Yeah. So we're trying to just create a plan that eases their pain. So we say this all the time. If we can't put you in a better place tomorrow than you are today, you shouldn't Should do IBC. It. At least you're not going to do IBC with us. Yeah. So well, and we're we, helping we have them. a client. Um, well, a, a person who wants to be a client and, um, after our team reviewed their information, we realized that it's probably not the right time for 
IBC. However, through some conversations with one of our teammates, they've realized that there's a plan that they can still enact, even if it's not buying an infinite banking policy, that will free up some dollars and potentially put them on the path towards an IBC policy down the road. And, mm -hmm. you know, that those are always... Um, those are always frustrating for us as a team because we really obviously want to help everybody. Um, yeah. But what we're also in the business of is making sure we stay friends with those folks and make That's sure right. that we are still helping them, even if they can't jump on the IBC train today. And um, our, our, our team's, you know, mission is to, you know, create these long-term trusting relationships and, you know, we have folks coming back to the table who may not have been the right fit today, years down the road. We we just had a guy who after eight years came back to the table, I think, Mike um, mm -hmm. Everett. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. We, you never know when or how, but I think that the idea behind how we approach things is from that relational standpoint and the educational standpoint and not a salesman's perspective you know yeah we, um, we hate that and part. that's because we've yeah. all been clients and we don't like to be hounded by salespeople, yeah. right you know and so i've been what... an outside salesperson my entire life you know yeah, right. um right and so i know that mentality and i have a very keen eye on reading people and their um their level of comfort when you start talking about that stuff and it's like you know you know and so i'd rather build the relationship <laughs> and then have them come to me for the information or right. to the team. <clears throat> so, so Mike Crawford, in most cases, and this may be hard to explain without a visual using the software. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. We'll see how good you are at articulating this and the rest of us can <laughs> chime in as too. In most cases, we are designing strategies where if the people are honest bankers and they turn the wind current and they turn those mm -hmm. dollars back yeah. into their policy, they never have to worry about coming up with new money for their premiums in Correct. the future, in most cases. And Correct. we'll talk about those other cases when we when we are planning for new money. Yeah. Can you explain, because a lot of people get confused. They think, I have to save <clears> money <throat> for my premium, and I now yeah. have to do loan repayments. Putting you on the spot here, can you, yeah. can you articulate why that is not an issue? Yeah, so, you know... I'll use $10,000 as an amount. So just yeah, a $10,000 premium, if you break that down on a monthly amount, that's about $834. And I'm rounding, but give me the benefit of the doubt here. So we have the need from our perspective is finding the way to free up about $834 a month from that client's cash flow, overpayments, money under the bed, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, like, we've got to find a way to do that. And if we can't do that, maybe that size of policy isn't correct for a multitude of reasons, which again, without visuals is a little tough, but if we can find a way to, in the combination of a lump sum, monthly amounts available that they're already sending out the door to another source and the growth in the policy over that year, paying off these initial debts, you know, it's usually the couple thousand here, a thousand there, 500 here, but the dollar amounts that they were sending to those small debts maybe add up to an extra $200. Right. And so if we can piece together all of this stuff, and this is where the, the mathematics of the software help our brains because we don't have to do any of it. As long as the information's in there, we can put it all together pretty quickly and show, okay, cool. This is, gonna, this is going to result in them having around $11,000 available to pay premiums for the second year. We only needed 10, great. Then what we have is $1,000 extra to go towards new debt down the road. Plus, once we pay the premiums, the policy grows. So now we have access to additional dollars. <laughs> and so the, the, the trick is, I always said this to people, and I've still said it, you know, from the very beginning, I've always said, if I can get you to year three, if I can get you to year three, we are usually home free in terms of just like that, that feeling of it being a, a payment instead of a deposit. I, I, I believe fully that it takes 25 months, give or take, for your brain to flick. Sometimes people are faster, sometimes they're slower, but it's like yep. we've been so ingrained in our old way of thinking that the idea of being able to pay the premiums from 
your existing cash value or money that you're already sending out the door is so hard to grasp, which is, again, the beauty of the software is the visual numbers, the step-by-step, month-by-month, you know, payment-by-payment amount that shows everything that they're going to be able to do. Let's see. Principle number one is think think long-term. So if we can get people, and how fast is 25 months? I mean, let's get real. So 20, 25 months is nothing in the big scheme. So if we can get people to uh, where they understand that their premium dollars, whatever they are, mm-hmm. every dollar creates a dollar. Yep. Long-term is really 15, 20, 30 yes. years from now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Nelson says that you've got to think down the road, you know, 20, 30, 40 years in yes. order to understand the power of what IBC really means to yep. you and your family. Yep. But if we can show them how to do it in the first 25 months, then that brain flicker that you were talking about when they, yeah. when they finally go, it is, ah, but I, I'm going to say this because of the software that we have, because mm-hmm. of our educational process, because yep. of the different things that we do with the book, the webinar, the boot camps, the yes. consultation, the presentation of the strategy, our education process ramps up everybody's opportunity to learn in a quicker fashion than, uh, let me tell you, I didn't get trained like this. I didn't get educated like this. Yeah. You know, 17 plus years ago when I got into this thing, we had like 40 guys and the only person we had teaching us was Nelson Nash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything about this. We didn't yep. understand that the policy was was growing at this rate. We didn't understand that you actually really made policy loan repayments. <laughs> oh my goodness. I yep. still have a problem with that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yet our educational process is there for our clients and because of some of my failures, some of the mm-hmm. learning that we have done we can get people in a uh, in a place that we never thought was possible. Exactly. I, uh, I, and I think that sorry, that's I got the key is there. our software is, we've talked a lot about it. It's great. It is yep. a very small percentage of what we do. It is a tool yeah. that we use to put together all the other pieces that Chris talked about that lead up to that Monday day strategy. It, mm. While it is important. It is the least important in the big scheme of us educating them to that point. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. It, it does, though, I think um, when I talk with people, I say, one, you should only do this if we can show you that you will be in a better place in the future mm-hmm. without changing your cash flow. We're Amen. only changing where it's flowing and how it's flowing. Yeah. But we're not asking you to come up with an additional $500 mm-hmm. a month or whatever. Exactly. We can put you in a better position in most cases without changing your cash flow. The other thing I say is once we've gone through the education process and we present the strategy using the software, yep. it's not an emotional decision. It's not a, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope this works. Yep. It is black and white on paper. If you follow your plan, and trust me, we build in so much flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you follow the plan even remotely, you're going to end up in a better position. Yeah. Okay. Every time. Mike Everett. So we talked, Mike Crawford um, laid out for us uh, what happens when we are, we're using the loan repayments to actually cover premiums. But right. there are some rare situations where we're looking at paying premiums and we build this into the strategy. We're yep. planning to pay premiums with new money. Can you mm. give an example or explain what happens in those situations? Yeah. Well, so usually when we're talking about new money or they have some excess dollars that they have to be able to pay premiums with out-of-pocket money, without utilizing the internal portion or the cash values as it, or a, a policy loan to pay future premiums. Mm-hmm. So if it works by utilizing existing cash flow, what would happen if we injected brand new money into this thing? Yeah. This thing begins to explode on its own. So 
New money, what is that? It's additional income, it's savings, it's maybe an old IRA or a mutual fund, or it's an old 401k that's money sitting around. And we have a number of clients who want to do that, yeah. mm -hmm. where they've got these excess dollars sitting over here and they're just wanting to inject those dollars into premiums with brand spanking new money. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, when you all of a sudden see the value of that, some of those people, though, they don't have debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think back to my very first case that I was involved in. I wasn't even licensed, Everett. You remember that? I do. I didn't have my life insurance <laughs> license. Just hit it off with this doctor. Um, she was fantastic. Yeah, And she didn't have any business debt. She didn't have any personal debt. No. But she had the SEP IRA and she just wanted each year to slide money over and new premiums. And what she ended up doing is building up her pool of capital yeah. over time. And then she had um, entrepreneurial children and she became the bank for the family businesses. Yeah. So let's get into that SEP IRA because we want our customers to know that we did not suggest to her no. to do this. No. She came up with this all on her own. She goes, well, these dollars are potentially in jeopardy. Yeah. What would happen if I utilize this on an annual basis yep. <clears throat> and slid this over little by little? And we go, no, we can do that. Yeah, let's do and, it. And you can make that decision each anniversary of your premium. Absolutely. Yeah. One year you might decide to do it or maybe partially. Yeah. And another year you might go, mm, I made a ton of money this year. I don't want to bump myself up into another tax bracket. I'm right. not going to liquidate right. any of that that year. Right. So the great thing about is, and you, Chris, you just said this, we build in so much flexibility mm -hmm. to where if they want to do that, they can, yeah. but if they don't want to do that, they don't have to. Yeah. 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 Cause they've already built their pool over here into their IBC system to where they can utilize it to do whatever oh, they feel yeah. like doing, pay premiums, uh, utilize it for vacation. Let's go to Colorado for a month. I mean, Finance come on. For business, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, so once we kind of have the strategy worked out, we've kind of ballparked like size of premiums, what family members need to be insured and those kinds of things. Then we actually get to the part where we're actually designing the actual illustrations of the, the life insurance policies that are the foundation of the whole strategy. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit about the, the actual, what we do, because people get confused sometimes about our inspiring hope and freedom software and then the illustration software that the life insurance companies have i'm gonna let you take that Crawford. well so when we build an illustration we are we're just using this the software from the company right whatever company we're representing for this client and um the the software will spit out based on the parameters of the age and their software does their own thing. We have no handles of any of that. Right. Um, right. But we put in their name, their age, their, their general health. And then it spits out numbers based on how we tell it, you know, we have our 40, 60 split, 40% base, 60% paid up additions writer. And then it helps us determine the, the, those percentages down to a more finite number, depending upon again, age and health and things of that nature. Once we have those numbers, we can actually now take that illustration and go back into our software and manually enter those numbers to be exactly precise with how the dollar will flow through the system and uh, you know um, give them a more more exact uh, strategy i guess you could say where we know exactly this is the amount for the premium this is the amount for the the each year's growth in the policy if you pay your premiums and so um, it just gives us a little more fine tuning but also it now gives us the opportunity to bring them you know real numbers from the software um, of the uh, insurance company that says, here's the exact cash value and here's also your death benefit. And mm -hmm. we then as a team might have a secondary conversation. Well, this family, there's one breadwinner. Um, they are, there are four kids. It's probably smart for us to add a term writer to this, uh, to add to the human life value of this client in order to make sure that they're covered in case the worst happens. Because even though we don't really care about life insurance in the same way that a traditional life insurance person do, does, we do care about the client. And that being said, we have a moral we want to make sure obligation. 
Yeah, right. that's absolutely right. So absolutely. a lot of times, exactly that. If you're looking at because IBC policies are designed to de-emphasize death benefit yep. and emphasize the cash value or the equity, yep. we may look at doing a or suggesting a convertible term policy for them right. to bump up in a relatively inexpensive way, bump yeah. mm -hmm. up their death benefit to make sure that if something happened, their family is safe. Yes. And I've said this many times on podcasts, that convertible term is a tool that can be very helpful if that individual becomes uninsurable, which happened in our family situation. Right. We didn't have that convertible term in place. Yeah. But if you do have that convertible term, even if that person becomes uninsurable, you, you can still convert option. it into a whole life policy. That's right. So, yeah. Mike Everett, you have presented <laughs> thousands of <laughs> strategies to people. Okay. Yeah. If someone's sitting down and they're across the desk or on a Zoom with you, what can they expect that presentation of the strategy to, to uh, incorporate? Well, we're really literally going to walk through page by page, year by year mm -hmm. of what this could potentially look like for them and their family. Mm -hmm. We're going to show them how, how the software utilized their assets, how we prioritized and sequenced their debts, mm -hmm. how we flowed the money out of their asset column into policies, utilize policy loans to pay down debt. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to do this year by year. And then on top of that, as we're paying off those debts, yeah. we're going to show them how to redirect those payments back in to policy loan repayments to replenish those dollars for either future premiums or future debts. Yep. I mean, this is not rocket science. I'm telling <laughs> you, it's really a matter of helping people understand there's a cash flow system out there that just happens to be 260 years old and the death benefit is a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like that. Nelson says that whole life insurance was misnamed. <laughs> should have been a bank. It should have been called banking system with a little death benefit thrown in on the side. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So then um, let's just say, Mike, you present a strategy to Sean and myself um, and you would say, hey, take a look at this, write down your questions, any changes you want to see, those yeah. kinds of things. They finally come, we finally come back and say, you know what, you guys nailed it. We're ready to rock and roll. What do we do? Well, the next, the next thing is we're going to have to start to look at applications. The application process takes anywhere from 45 minutes to a couple hours, depending on health situations. The company is going to either us or the company is going to order exams. Those exams are going to be set up on your schedule. The exam person is going to come to your house. You're going to get to set the schedule and you get to determine the time. That right there in itself is going to take about 45 minutes or an hour, the exam. Then the application is put into underwriting and underwriting takes anywhere from, well, I'm going to say one day to eight weeks. <laughs> Sorry, I, I apologize to everybody who's listening. We, uh, we're utilizing an, a, a new insurance company that absolutely understands what they're doing in the under, underwriting process. It moves along it, very quickly. Very oh, quickly. my goodness gracious. But I, I would say the average, the average underwriting time once they get in there, depending on health situations, is four to five weeks. Yeah. That's really giving the insurance company an opportunity to look at health and previous health situations, whether or not there's, you know, something cumbersome in the application that they would have to take a closer look at. Mm -hmm. Then the application is, is approved and the companies now are doing this all online. Mm -hmm. And so now we don't really have a physical, a physical policy. So we literally give the client an opportunity to decide how they want to pay the premiums. There's some additional electronic signatures that are going to be needed. We then get that back. And then at that point in time, the, the client gets an opportunity to either decide if they want to write a check mm -hmm. or if they want those premiums taken directly out of their, uh, out of their checking account yeah. or savings account, whichever, whichever they decide. 
if they want to do it electronically, they are insured that moment. Yep. And uh, all of that right there that I just explained takes anywhere from a week to four or five weeks, yeah. depending on health situations. But I'm going to tell you, it is not very difficult. And then your IBC coaches get down in a three point stance and we get excited <laughs> about teaching you more about how to utilize your plan. Yeah. It is super fun. That's where we're implementing the plan. You yeah. know, we're, we're taking dollar, we're helping you take dollars. And if you need to liquidate or redirect or whatever, you're paying off debt. Um, in fact, in mm. some cases, Mike Everett was mentioning earlier that if you got $50,000 available and we're not going to use all of that for premium, you've got some money left over. If you could knock out some debt right there before your policies even in force, we're going to tell you, Hey, you might want to, that. you <laughs> might want to pay off that car like yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> don't make yeah. another car payment. So yeah, or we, don't we, go on vacation for three weeks. <laughs> that would be the Mike Everett plan. Oh, come on now. <laughs> um, guys, is there anything else in, in kind of giving people a picture of what happens with our strategy design that I'm overlooking? I think we hit on all cylinders. So. It's good. Okay. Good stuff. Well, to our listeners, we hope this is helpful. If we, we know that not having the visuals makes it mm -hmm. challenging. So I would say this. If you want to see the visuals, you get two opportunities to do that. One, sign up for a boot camp and join us. We have one uh, this Saturday. Crawford, when's this going to be? This podcast can be released this Friday. week still. Okay, so quick turnaround. Our our boot camps on Saturday. Yep. Um, and the other thing is just reach out to us. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll put together a plan. We'll walk you through this process, and you'll get to see it with your numbers. I always say our brains take in and hang on to what is meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. So a random example that we're talking about, your brain's not going to hang on to yeah. all that. But I guarantee you, when we put your numbers in and we show oh, you man. when you're paying off your debt and turning the wind current, your brain will retain that information. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. So. All right. Well, to our listeners, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, give us a thumbs up, download, make a comment, all those different things, depending on the platform that you're taking this information in. And we hope you'll join us uh, next time. If you have not checked out our website, it is lifesuccesslegacy.com. We have a variety of learning tools there, including Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, uh, The Case for IBC, Family Banking with Purpose, uh, and, oh, yeah, that's right. And then we're going to um, have actually here within the next couple months, we'll be adding hopefully a couple other resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be uh, one of our team members. Mike Kwong is just waiting uh, for his to be published. And we're going to get that on our website. And I highly recommend that, especially for people who are thinking about passive income. Mm -hmm. And then a good friend of ours up in Canada, Winnie Lau and her daughter uh, have put together a resource and it's for parents who want to build uh, financial literacy with their children. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that one coming mm -hmm. out as well. So we'll uh, we'll have both those people on on a podcast to introduce to you the information that they're sharing. So please join us again in our next episode. Until then, please take care. <laughs>